Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of the Heart of Dating podcast today. I'm so excited you are here because we have a really important conversation on the show today. And on top of that, we have a huge announcement for you. I mean, honestly, this might be our biggest announcement ever. So let me tell you a bit about it. During this global pandemic, singles are feeling more isolated and more worn down about dating than ever before. Even dating couples are experiencing a level of frustration. So because of that, I wanted to create something that could lift your spirits, reignite your excitement about dating, and provide you with helpful tools to navigate this season with clarity and intention. So guess what, my friends? I did a thing. I brought together some of the top pastors, speakers, authors, psychologists, and thought leaders in the relationship and dating space to create a special online event for you. Introducing the Heart of Dating Conference and online event. This conference is for men and women, singles or dating couples, and all sessions from over 30 speakers will go live on July 25th. Now, if you don't have time the day of the launch to watch all of it, no problem, because all sessions will be available on demand so you can set your own schedule and pace to view all of the content. With your registration, you're gonna get unlimited access for an entire year. So you can watch and rewatch the sessions for as long as you'd like. Here are some of the overall Heart of Dating Conference themes that we'll be discussing. Sex and sexuality, stewarding singleness well, dating how-tos, biblical dating, mental health, heartbreak and healing, and dating tools. Y'all, today we have officially launched the Heart of Dating Conference with early bird pricing. So it's only $39 right now. And guess what? For Heart of Dating listeners, you get a special 10% off by using code HODC10. How do you join us? You can visit heartofdatingconference.com. And again, don't forget to use your 10% off code using HODC10. I seriously cannot wait for this. So I really hope that you guys come out for the conference and also bring your friends. It's going to be an amazing time. Okay, guys, let's get into the episode for today, shall we? I want to preface that today's conversation is real, it is raw, and at the same time, it's necessary now more than ever. I had the honor and privilege of inviting my dear sister friend, Tiffany McLean, onto the podcast. Tiffany McLean is an entertainer, speaker, and Bible scholar based in Los Angeles. While in pursuit of a PhD, Tiffany has a passion for discovering ways to point to the story of Jesus through conversation, relationships, speaking, worship, and biblical languages. She has a background in live performance, theater, stage management, group teaching, and leading worship. Tiffany is currently documenting her journey to financial freedom at at Ghetto Gazelle on Instagram, starting her 25th year of vegetarianism, which is so cool. And she is committed to an hour of prayer and meditation every single day and patiently waiting for John Mayer to announce his next tour. 
You guys, I've honestly seen Tiff with her prayer and meditation habits daily, and it's so inspiring. I just love this woman from the inside and out. So today we have a really raw and honest conversation about dating as a black woman and experiencing racism as a black woman and how that all interweaves with relationships. I really, really love this conversation. Tiff is a good friend of mine. So I really hope and pray that you listen with open ears and an open heart to all that we have to share today, especially what Tiff has to share. So excited for you to hear this conversation. So without further ado, here's my combo with Tiffany McLean. My girl, Tiff, welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast today, girl. Hello, my sweet friend. (laughs) I'm so excited (laughs) to be having you on the show today and having this awesome dialogue. Uh, It's fun when I get to have true in-person, real-life friends on the show. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. The audience will know, that's the warning is right now, that it's going to get real. (laughs) It's it's real. It's going to probably might joke. We're going to just go in. You may call me out who knows what's gonna happen out here I mean anything could happen at this point (laughs) anything can happen I've known you now for how many years it's like three and a half I don't know at least three at least three at least three we met because you oh my gosh the like craziest blessing the craziest (laughs) blessing yeah and And I I have so many friends that I love because of you oh like the crazy it's the craziest blessing yeah Oh my god. Kate was Kate was my client and <laughs> yes. and and immediately became my friend. I was like, wait, you love Jesus? Wait. And then every every Crazy. session or like every time we you were working on me, what do we even want to call it? Well, should we just say what you were doing? <laughs> should we just say it? Should we just say yes, it? Yes, you were doing my lashes, girl. Lashes. <laughs> yep, that's right. For all the guys listening, indeed, women sometimes get their lashes done. I actually have been, mm-hmm. I haven't had lashes in now many it's a year. Been a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've yeah. been naked in terms of my lashes, but, but I've you already have great lashes so it was honestly just enhancement so (laughs) but it was super fun because not only was I feeling pretty but I we also had like awesome dialogues every like really amazing conversations every time we got together and it was I've been there for a lot of things yes (laughs) oh yep I've I've been there a lot of stuff with you (laughs) (laughs) you've been there through some breakups we've had lots of conversations about men Mm -hmm. and all the things as you know this happens like it's like when it's almost like going to the hair salon <laughs> I think any beauty yeah. kind of element you become you become close 100%. but then the fact yeah. that you love Jesus you know and our friend group started overlapping more and more it's like okay I yeah. really love this woman yeah. and our love Aww, for John Mayer <laughs> yes let's not forget <laughs> I wasn't gonna bring that up <laughs> uh, we can't leave him out what do you mean okay, now it's getting real real people <laughs> Tiff definitely loves John more than I do. I I was going to tell them. So I'm married to John Mayer. That's my fun fact. (laughs) Single, but also married to John Mayer. Okay. It'll be a great segue into interracial dating. Perfect. A hundred percent. Let's get into some of the hard stuff here. Well, before we do, will you tell everyone 
obviously other than being my amazing friend and us having an awesome friendship what what you do and who you are okay yeah so my name is tiffany and we'll just put it out there i am kate's one of kate's black friends um (laughs) just so the listeners know (laughs) like where this conversation is coming well they can't see us right so i guess they would need to to tell you yeah yeah so i i am a black woman living in los angeles uh, with Kate, I don't live with Kate, but we're, Kate and I are both in Los Angeles and we're great friends. Um, I run an eyelash business. I have been in the entertainment industry for a zillion years, <laughs> most of my life. And now I'm a Bible scholar. I am in the middle of a master's degree and we're, we're recording this and it is the year 2020. So um, if you're listening to this in the future, you'll see it in the history books. And there's a lot of stuff going on right now. And Kate was my sweet friend and I love her so much. She was the very first person to reach out and to say, what the heck is going on? So that's kind of where this conversation is coming from, right? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it totally is. Yeah. And, and right now we're recording this in June and everything started happening. I mean, it everything started happening. I feel weird even saying that because everything yeah. didn't just start happening you know right, like right. yeah like it's been happening exactly like the terrible reality is that it's been happening we just yeah. you know I saw like a quote by Will Smith it's like it's just now being filmed yeah. right mm-hmm. it's like it's always it, been happening it's just being filmed and and I will say and chime in Kate my white brothers and sisters are now filling just a tad of what we've been, I'm 39. I've been feeling it yeah. for 39 years. And now it's finally making my white brothers and sisters feel a little uncomfortable. And I'm I'm thankful for Kate who wants to do good work and mm-hmm. educate herself and just figure all this out and open up the conversation, whether it's going to be comfortable or uncomfortable. Well, a huge heart of mine, Tiff, is just in, in our conversations and through the podcast is to say like, hey, I'm... I'm not leading this charge like black people have been leading this charge and there are so many black leaders and voices and amazing people that are leading the cause here. So we at Heart of Dating, I I just admit and I've said this to people where I realize, wow, in reflecting on this podcast, we've had a lot, a lot, a lot of white people on the show and we haven't had a lot of diversity, though that wasn't necessarily intentional on my part. I realize now in reflecting like, oh, man okay, that is the case. And how can I change that? How can I be more aware? That's important to me to have more like diverse conversations and have more variety of guests on the show. And one big element that our community brings up over and over is interracial dating, or, you know, we have lots of black women in our community that have written to me like, hey, this is my struggle. Like, I feel really like, over like overlooked when it comes to dating Mm. and I've heard them and I've also been like how do we address this you know but and I've heard that for a while and I want to apologize to everyone listening that I haven't addressed this in a bigger way before but we're our hope is to is to do that now and to not stop and to keep educating ourselves and having these conversations so Tiff thanks for being my friend that we can just outside of publicly like talk (laughs) as friends you know what I mean like (laughs) you're just such an amazing woman and 
I want to get into the dialogue. You've said even just a few things like you are a black woman. You are a 39 year old woman, single slash incognito married to John Mayer. But (laughs) but there's a lot of factors here. You also live in L.A., Orange County. I know you have a lot of white people around you as well. And so there's just so many elements here that I'd love to break down in, in your experience, in your story as it comes to dating. So Let's just start off with the broad question. Like, how has the color of your skin impacted your dating life? Okay, that's a great question. (laughs) Um, So as y'all know, like I said, Kate and I live in Los Angeles and it's, I mean, wouldn't you say it's, it's a pretty decent melting pot um, when it comes to color. So for me personally, I just, I haven't, if anything has happened regarding the color of my skin, I have not noticed it. And I'm thankful for that. I feel super blessed, but that triggers a thought. I go back to when I was young, I'm, I'm going to go all the way back to being like three, four years old. And I remember that's where the programming started. We see on TV, okay, Cinderella goes with Prince Charming, Alvin and the Chipmunks, the blue chipmunk Theodore goes with the blue chipmunk girl. And you know <laughs> what I mean? Like you see, you already were programmed, we're matching. So the the little white girl goes with the little white boy. The Asian little girl goes with the, you know, it's already matching. So I remember in being three, four years old in preschool, there was like one or two little black boys. And I thought, oh, that's my boyfriend. Brandon is my boyfriend because I'm, because I'm brown and he's brown. That's, you know, and it's the programming starts when we're kids. I mean, obviously things have changed. And we're seeing like there isn't just one token black kid on TV in the group of friends. It's now a mix. And, you know, we're seeing that now. But being a child, you know, in the 80s, I was programmed to think black goes with black and white goes with white and, you know, blue chipmunk goes with blue chipmunk and that kind of stuff. So but then I started getting older and it was like, yeah, I like Michael Jackson. (laughs) Michael Jackson, this is, everyone's going to hear about this, the long story, the story of me liking musicians. Here it goes. I love it. So, so as a three and four year old, Michael Jackson's my boyfriend. He's my celebrity boyfriend. And then it was like, wait a minute, New Kids on the Block comes out. And I'm like, no, I want Jordan Knight. He's white. I don't care. I like Jordan Knight. And, you know, so it's like, you just start to shift into what you like. But like I said, it being in Los Angeles, thankfully, we're in a nice little melting pot. And I wasn't, my parents didn't raise me in a racist area or anything like that. Even though my dad is from the South, he's from Texas and my mom's from Philly. So it's like, (laughs) they have experienced it, but they made sure to raise me in a place that was not like that. So I personally have not experienced anything in dating uh, when it comes to the color of my skin. And I, you know, I'm curious too, when it comes to being a black woman in church, tell us about that too, because there's a lot of people I feel like in our community, especially black women, black men who are like, Hey, I go to a predominantly white church. There are other black people, but I'm in a predominantly white church. Has that been your experience and how has that maybe impacted just relationally anything in your life? Well, I'll be 100% honest with you. It's as a black person, you know, when you walk into the room and you're like, Oh, I'm the only black person in here. Like, that's just an immediate thought. You're like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one. So that's like an immediate thing. Um, 
again, super lucky to have my, their co-pastor's husband and wife, the Tirabasis. They were my customers when I worked for a little company called Apple and <laughs> they, they started a church. And so they kind of took me with them. So I was kind of brought in as, you know, on the founding group, I'm still, there's two of us in there, two black women in there. And I'm the one that's usually there because I'm a part of the church team, but it's, I notice it. I notice it, but have I, again, have I been affected in a negative way by it? Not really, but I'll be honest with you. And I've said this to my pastors, both my pastors before we do, we as black people, a lot of us make it that way. We make it so our white brothers and sisters are comfortable around us in a group setting, in a church setting, in a party setting. Ah, yeah. You're like, I'm used to it. So I'm just going to try to make mm -hmm. you comfortable with the fact that that's you know, yeah, even though and, and when why? someone says I don't, I don't see you as black, and it's like, mm, okay, let's fix that right now. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> the Lord loves color, and that's yeah. why we are different colors. And I really like we all need to see color. So yes, I've definitely found Just myself saying I've at some point in my life going to be very honest that I've said something of that nature. I yeah, don't know, yeah. remember when, but because I thought like that was the nice or the right thing to say. Yeah, or it do, sounds right? nice. Yeah. It's nice, but just because you don't see me as black does not make me not black. Right. So it's kind of like saying, I don't see you as black. So if anything happens that makes a black person hurt, I'm not going to see you in that category. So then I'm over here thinking, well, I'm hurting and no one notices because they don't see me as black. So right, right. <laughs> that's kind of what's going on right now. And people are starting to say, wow, Tiffany, I'm so sorry. I don't see you as black. And it's like, mm, you need to see color. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know if it's the same. You can correct me here. But I find just in my experience with dating, when I share my story with somebody about and like, these are things that have made me who I am, right? Like if they're like, oh, it's fine. Like, I just see you for who you are today. There's some of that that yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. But also, I want you to see and appreciate the whole of who I am. Mm, and and I've just always felt that way. Like, I, yeah, take me for the person I am today. But I want you to see the whole of who I am. I want you to understand. Yeah. And I want you to be curious to know. Because yes. those things impact how I show up today. My childhood. Exactly it. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, those things impact yep. how I show up in dating. How I yeah. see relationships. How I interact with men. <laughs> triggers that I have. Right? And I feel yeah. like... Yeah. In in a way, and how I heard this amazing conversation with Christine Kane and Dr. Anita, and encourage everybody to watch it. It's 90 minutes on Instagram. So, yeah. so, so worth it. But that conversation, she talked about how there is trauma that have happened to the Black community, similar to she related to, like, with Christine Kane works with women who yeah. have been in sex traffic. Yeah. And so it, there's a trauma there that if they meet, um, if they come in contact with another man that intimidates them, it's going to stir up trauma and triggers. And we have to know why that is, right? Wow, and yeah. um, yes. so similarly, like, just understanding, no, I want to see the color of someone's skin. I want to know how that has impacted their life. I want to know their story. And if I don't uh, acknowledge that, I'm really denying a huge part of their ex life experience. And That's so real. That's yeah. So, real. so it made yeah. me think a lot, like just in the past few weeks, I'm like, gosh, yeah, like I wouldn't want to be with someone who's doesn't want to care about the things that have happened to me that have deeply impacted me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's you're making me think of um, my pastor, the wife, Becky. She's 41 years sober. Wow. Does that make her not an alcoholic? No, it does not. She is still an alcoholic. She just have a, hasn't had a drink for 41 years. And it would have been 44 years, but she relapsed a couple times. But she, I still see her, and we are a sensitive church to that. She is still an alcoholic. She just hasn't had a drink for 41 years. But we don't bring alcohol around her. I mean, obviously, she's been to weddings. I've been to weddings with her where there are alcohol. But it's like we are sensitive to people who are sober because that's a thing that that will stay with them. It was in there in the beginning, and it's there now. Yeah. And just because I don't see her as an alcoholic, I know she is an alcoholic and I know I need to be sensitive when it comes to alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. But that will always be with her. Same thing with my color. My color will always be with me. Yeah. So yeah. even if you don't see me as a black person, I still am. Yeah. And there's still a story there that should be learned. I think that's yeah. the thing. Mm-hmm. Is like mm-hmm. We all, let's let's say, oh my gosh, like, you know, I found out friends of mine that have had like these passive, you know, whether it's related to drugs and alcohol or to abortion or whatever. And it's like, I don't want to just like ignore that and be like, oh, I just want to like pretend none of that ever happened. And you are who yeah, I see today. Yeah. It's like, no, that's important. That helps me mm-hmm. better love you. That helps me better understand you. It helps me better relate to you in ways and see you and I feel like that's kind of sometimes what we have been missing um a lot of the time just in the church you know we may have black brothers and sisters and friends in our church communities but have we really sat to understand and truly get to know their stories and and the differences that are important to know and I think now is this cultural time it's like now is better than ever to like to to start those dialogues and right, to, and to right. learn for ourselves outside of yeah, that. I yeah. don't think it's, you know, I don't want to say it's black people's responsibility to educate us on all the things, but I think mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. a cool opportunity to be curious on people that you have intimate relationships with or, you know, and ask questions and get to know them if you yeah, haven't in yeah. the past in those ways. And also it's like, and this is what you're doing right now. It's you're going to stand up for someone. Mm-hmm. So because you know the backstory now. And so when someone comes in and says, Kate, I'm having trouble with interracial dating, you're going to come on like you've done. I've seen you do it. Like, Hey, we need to talk about this. And I mean, that's what we're doing right now. (laughs) You're going to, you're going to stand up for these people because you understand, right? You're seeing them and you know, a history now. And so you're going to stand up more often when you see something that is sensitive to someone it's it's like when I heard Brian Stevenson who is like one of my heroes and he started equal justice initiative wrote the book just mercy it's just doing so much phenomenal work on behalf of the wrongly incarcerated but when I heard him talk about like you can't physically know things if you're not in proximity to them so you have to and that challenged me because I'm like, Ooh, oh, that hit, that like, right. Like, <laughs> OK. And he's like, if you are going to your white in essence, I mean, he didn't say these words, but for me, it translated to I'm going to my white predominantly white church. I live in an area that's mm. predominantly white part of town and I can see things and it can hurt in my gut to see that things are happening, like bad things are happening, whether it's a starving child in Africa or crime that's happening or obviously the terrible things we're seeing today with George Floyd, Ahmaud yeah. Arbery and Breonna Taylor and and so many more. Right. But yeah, mm-hmm. unless I'm in proximity, like I'm not really going to get it. Until unless I am consistently trying to show up having those dialogues. So it's like the the conversation here 
that I've been having with my white friends, it's like, you're not a bad, I'm not saying you're a bad person, but like maybe there's a level that you haven't been in proximity with any of this. And it's a time to say, I want to be more intentional with being in more proximity, (laughs) you know, like, Mm -hmm. and, and trying to understand more. Hey friends, we wanted to quickly interrupt this incredible episode today to bring to you something that we're really excited about. We hear women saying all the time, where are all the good Christian men out there? And while I know dating is frustrating, trust me, I hear it. I also know God created amazing single Christian men. If you like some proof of that, ladies, then I'd like to invite you to come see them for yourself in our Drop the Hanky digital dating program. We created this platform as a new form to online date. Basically, it's a service that features videos of Christian single men from around the world of varying ages. We post new single men on the platform daily. Here's one testimonial that we recently got and just loved. The Lord has shown me that he can bring healing from brokenness. This is what I'm experiencing as I've connected with one of the guys in the program. No, we don't enter as a blank slate, but the Lord is helping me see that my past does not dictate the future. There is hope, restoration, and reconciliation. No matter where this relationship leads, the Lord is calling me to embrace what's in front of me. That is good, that is different, and He truly makes things new. This was the best $9 I have ever spent. You guys, I just love that. We have so many testimonials like this, and we do have relationships coming from the Drop the Hanky program, which is such a testimony to what God is doing here. Now, if you want to give it a shot, I want to encourage you to come join us for $9 by visiting bit.ly forward slash drop the hanky. And also, dudes, you're not off the hook. We want you to be a part of this as well. It takes two to tango. And in order to make this program thrive, we do need guys to submit videos for the program. So if you are a single dude or if you know an eligible single Christian dude, we want to invite you to nominate them or nominate yourself. You can do this by going to bit.ly forward slash single dude. Now, I know it takes vulnerability, but guys, isn't it worth a shot to try something different and have a whole bunch of women potentially contact you and then see what happens? I'd say it is. Here's what one of the guys in our program had to say. Drop the hanky has challenged me to put myself out there knowing there would be some sort of response. It's 10,000 times better than a dating app. It gave me an opportunity to meet awesome women who love God. You guys, this is awesome. We'd love to see more singles of all ages come and join what we are doing. I want to transition into also talking about how this relates to interracial dating and people approaching that because I I don't know. I have heard a lot of people when I have asked like, hey, what are your dating preferences? There's been people that have told me like, I want this, that and the other and I'm not going to date a black person or I'm not going to date somebody of this age or, you know, there's a lot of different like specifications we make and I get really frustrated personally when I hear somebody make it about race because to me it just reveals like that feels too uncomfortable to them and I'm like why well and and within that it's like then the question comes to well some people maybe they haven't experienced ever dating somebody of a different race you know maybe they haven't and I'm, that has to be the case for a lot of people yeah yeah especially when where you grew up like if you're in a place I mean we're very fortunate to be in LA so we've got a variety of choices (laughs) yes but 
I can only imagine being in like, I'm thinking of a country that is like everywhere you look, if we were to show up, we would be the oddballs like right. Japan or something, you right. know? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like they don't have choices like we do. So, but like, and that's where it's like, I found so many people have said it. Like I won't date somebody who looks like this and yeah. whether it's mm-hmm. down to like, Oh, they're this height and I need them to be taller when it comes from a woman's perspective, or it's literally, guilty, guilty, guilty. Guilty. <laughs> yeah. but like, <laughs> may, but the bigger thing is race here for me is like, yeah. When mm-hmm. we because I think at the core of why you would say I don't want to date someone of this color, it's because and this is my my belief, my assumption is that there's something in you that's uncomfortable with that being different for you. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of conversation. I don't want to pretend like it's not a nuanced, sometimes hard and difficult conversation to have with somebody who has a totally different cultural upbringing than you. It, it mm-hmm. absolutely can be totally. Mm-hmm. But yeah. why is your initial knee jerk reaction to say no or to completely to just write someone off because of their color yeah. of their skin? And There's so many things. Mm-hmm. It could be pain. It could be your family. Yeah. That's a, I see that a lot. You're yeah. afraid of your, you're afraid of what your family is going to think. And you're, it's, it's not worth it to you to take that risk. Mm. when your family has been your foundation all your life and i mean unfortunately there's a lot of grown you know a word men out there that are <laughs> their family pays for their bmw their cell phone and their rent and all those things and if you dare bring home a black woman mm. you're we're cutting all that off oh, wow. there's there's full on cultures out there that are like this is what we want as your parents and we are paying for all your stuff. And if you bring home something that we don't like, all that stuff cuts up, gets cut off. And there's men that don't want to step up to the game and be adults and say, look, parents, I don't care. This is the person I love and cut all that stuff off because I love this person. And it's unfortunate that it's easier to go the route that's easier, you know, instead of to stay comfortable on your bubble. Yeah. The (laughs) comfort. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. And some people will be comfortable in their own misery for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. What I just want to say right now is it's bringing me to the reality of the personhood of Jesus as disciples of Christ, as we should be Christians. If we are really trying to emulate how Jesus walked out his life. Let's just break that down for a second. And you know way more theologically than I do. Even you're right in the middle of studying all of it. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you probably do. But, um, you know, the reality is he was a Middle Eastern man. He was a brown man. Okay. He was a brown man. And he was, Mm -hmm. and he was oppressed. And the friends that he made (laughs) were not comfortable like they weren't the easy friends you know it's like yeah he made friends with the people who were more quote-unquote outcasts of the society of that time mm-hmm. women which was a big no no you don't do that you know and yeah. like if we are supposed to be emulating the way of Jesus then we need to see the way Jesus lived his life was not comfortable he did not live in a bubble yep. <laughs> he was yep. like actually I hate the bubble <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and I'm gonna do everything. The bubble open. Yeah, consistently. And people were like, "What are you doing? We don't do that here." And so <laughs> I say this not to shame any white people specifically listening to this, but to say like, "Hey guys, there may be a reality that we've lived in a bubble, and maybe we've had this implicit bias in our minds, or maybe we've had these thoughts that we've been keeping to ourselves." Of yeah, I mean, I'm not a racist, but I wouldn't ever date a black person, you know. Mm-hmm. But let's can we take it a step further to challenge ourselves like to live 
more clearly in the way of Jesus to say, if I really want to be a Jesus follower, then like I need to emulate how he walked out his life. And I think by staying in our bubbles, we are doing the opposite of what Jesus would ever encourage us to do. Yeah, I I think we 100% need to have an open heart, but I'll go on to the other side just, you know, to make the podcast interesting. It already is, by the way. Um, (laughs) There are some people that are like, look, Kate, I just don't like men with green hair. And I'm never going to like men with green hair. And I and I love you. And I love this podcast. And I see where you're coming from. But I just don't like men with green hair. And that's just, you know, some people are just like that. And I get it. And I, I'm not sure I want to call that a racist thought. Mm. Don't at me. I'm not trying to protect anyone here. But I, I feel like there are just people out there that are like, look, I'm just not attracted to that. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I don't, I don't know if it's because they don't have an open heart or. I don't know, girl, (laughs) to to be honest, my question is sure, maybe, but also, but my thing is just, can we not at least challenge ourselves and ask ourselves why, why is it? 100%. That's what it is. You need to dig in in 100%. You need to dig in and be like, where, like for me, where was this coming from? Why was I not wanting to date a Latin man? Because I was hurt. I had pain lingering and lingering, and this has been over 15 years ago, and now I'm over it. And I want to relate back to your one of your older podcasts with the Shakirs. I'm so thankful Jessica's husband said he had a prayer, and he said, God, I don't care what she looks like. I just want her to love you. Yeah. And I feel like we all, as Christ followers, we need to be on that level. Mm. Like that, that hit me, that hit me in a whole different way because I had those thoughts lingering from my past and like, wow, I have shut out this look. I have shut out, shut out this height. I have shut out this X, Y, Z, you know, whatever. He really opened my mind. I love, I love Vincent. Oh my gosh. Yeah, love him. Yeah. Uh, also another friend. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Love well, I like, yeah, yeah. Love them. But that's so good. And it's a challenging thing to say, okay, like, Hey, yeah, sure. There are. And that's why when I'm talking about dating, it's like, yeah, sometimes you have preferences. Okay. But like, can we also question what the legitimacy of those preferences and where they're coming from? Yeah. We do need to look inward. That's And that's where to me, it's like when it comes to this topic of interracial dating, I will say this from a lens of it doesn't have to do with race for me, but in terms of preferences, I've had a lot of different preferences on who I was going to date. (laughs) And when I allowed God to kind of break that down for me and kind of not throw away my list, but throw away the long extensive list and bring it down to the core things that really matter, really, really, really matter, character qualities and some of Mm -hmm. my morals and values, I was able to say, okay, so maybe this person asking me out doesn't look quote unquote, like I thought I would like a person that I thought I would date, but I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot because they're showing character qualities that at the end of the day are really valuable and that are, are more important to me. So what can God do if I, if I do that? So I started doing that more and more and now, today, years later, you can look at all the guys I've dated, which nobody's going to because I'm not going to out them. But um, <laughs> if you did and you looked at all of them, you would, they are so different from anywhere mm-hmm. from what they do to what they're interested in to what they look like. All yeah. the things. It's not like yeah. there is like, oh, well, Kate clearly has this one type. No, the type is what's their character? <laughs> Yeah. You're preaching, girl. You are preaching. And what I realized is that God allowed my mind to be more open to like, whoa, 
you can be attracted to lots of different kinds of people. (laughs) Uh, And I wouldn't have known that unless I allowed myself to be challenged in that way and just see what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. So, and And we can trust him. We can trust Yahweh. Yes. As, as Christ followers, you know, and if you're not, please, (laughs) you're missing, you are missing out. He, the Lord is, he has someone for us. He is going to set us up and he is going to show out. Yes. He is the Lord. He's the maker and creator of the universe. He, he goes before us and he goes behind us. He's already picked out that person. So true. Girl. And And uh, all it takes is an open heart to be like, hmm, I already trust God. I already know he's going to hook me up. Yes. I'm 39 years old. And I was just going to say this every day. You, I love that it's coming from you as a 39 year old woman. Like it's so powerful. 39 years old, but I still trust the Lord. And I know when husband arrives, it's going to be like, yeah, this is why, this is why you waited 39 years. And thank you, Jesus. I'll wait another 39 years for this one. Yeah. And it's not going to matter what he looks like because I'm going to see the Lord in him. Yes. Amen, girl. (laughs) We can go on and on talking. I want to also ask you just as kind of a wrap up in the conversation, like what would you like to see as a black woman right now? What would you like to see like individual, the church doing specifically? Yeah. I just, Mm. there you go. (laughs) That. (laughs) (laughs) The the big C church. um, And I'm going to throw in all Christ followers into this because Mm. I believe it's not the pastor's job. It's all of our jobs. We're That's all good. the saints. Yeah. So we all colors, all of us, we need to do better. We just need to. It shouldn't be that non-Christ followers are louder than us. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> it just shouldn't be that way. Oh and like, like there, I just said it. <laughs> we need yes. to be the loud ones. Yeah. We need to be the ones that are hurt when we see God not being glorified. And again, God made color for a reason. And if we're not seeing his love be at the center of all of this, we should all be angry, all of us. When we protest, we should be protesting that we are upset that love is not here at the center, that Jesus is not here at the center. That's what we should be protesting. I mean, for me, that's it. Like as a Bible scholar, if we're starting with the foundation of love, everything else falls into place. Love is the most powerful sword that would just slay all of this if we all were about it. All of us Christ followers. Yes, I just called you out. So where's the love at? If you're starting with love, you're not looking at someone as "Mm, I'm rich, he's poor or whatever. You know, you're not looking at someone as like, "Mm, you must be one of those. You must act this way. Mm. We're not looking at people like that. We're looking at people through the eyes of the Lord. And we're seeing, "Hmm, why did the Lord put this person in front of me? Mm. Like we need to be looking at that. The foundation of it needs to be love. Because love leads to brotherly affection, and then brotherly affection leads to godliness. I'm quoting Second Peter. And godliness leads to self-control. Self-control leads to steadfastness, to knowledge, to virtue, to faith. And if we do have a faith, if we are Christ followers, we started all that. It was, it was supplemented from the bottom one, which is love. Yes. That was so beautiful. I want to add one element, which is within love as Christians, it also, love also means we can challenge one another. Like that is mm-hmm. also loving to do. Yeah. And I think love requires being uncomfortable for someone. Uncomfortable. <laughs> if you love someone, you're okay with getting uncomfortable for them. Yes. Right. 
Yes. And, and, and love means having those hard dialogues. And when you see something that your white friend might be saying, like, say something, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, don't yeah. just be like, oh, yeah, I, like, go along with it. Like, this is the moment to yeah. say, yeah, actually, I don't know if I fully agree with that. You know, uh, I'm talking for a white yeah. person on white person, obviously, because mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. black people try to do this all the time. Right. And we haven't yeah, been yeah. listening. Or not. And, you know, I've, I've kept my mouth <laughs> oh, shut true. for years and years. I've straightened my my hair for 30 years to keep my white surroundings dings comfortable to look like my white surroundings to look like what I've seen on TV so it's 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 a blessing that we're all starting to get uncomfortable now together at the same time instead of yeah. just black people you know tiff this is such an honor to have you on and have this open dialogue um you know i'm gonna end this though with asking you the same question i ask everyone which is your final nugget of dating (laughs) advice today for the listeners (laughs) Ooh, my final dating advice listen to what the lord is telling you take a quiet second or moment or minute or hour and Listen to what he's saying to you. Let him guide you because this is all about him anyway. Start with his love. He loves you. Listen to what he's saying to you. So good. Yeah. Oh, I love you, girl. <laughs> I love this talk. I love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for just your honesty, your vulnerability, and being candid. I had so much fun talking <laughs> with yeah. you today. Talk to you soon. Okay. All right, friends, quick check in. How you doing after that conversation with Tiff? Did it ruffle some feathers? Are you feeling some stirring in your heart going on? I hope you are because conversations like this are not meant to be comfortable. And if we are wanting to walk in the way of Jesus, then we have to live out the way that Jesus lived, which was incredibly radically uncomfortable. So I want to challenge you really think and reflect about the things that were shared in today's conversation with Tiff. And please guys go ahead and visit her on Instagram at at ghetto gazelle. She's incredible. And I know she'd love to connect with you. Next week, we are going to be continuing this dialogue with one of my amazing black friends, D'Angelo Moss. He has been one of my best guy friends, and I can't wait for you guys to hear his heart on this subject as well. Don't forget, the Heart of Dating Conference is now live. We'd love to invite you to join by visiting heartofdatingconference.com. See you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.